Shavua Tov, everybody, and welcome to Parashat Mishpatim. Carl Jung once said, Beware of wisdom you have not earned. And Jung was talking in that context about those who take some kind of psychedelic drug and they achieve some level of understanding of the universe and the world, and then they go and they lead their lives based on that new understanding. And when he says, Beware of that wisdom, I think. He's saying something to the effect of, don't go too crazy based on this. Don't assume that you now understand something. Because when you jump from one level of understanding to another without really earning it through meditation, through a natural way, rather than going and doing something extreme like that, it might have some deleterious effects. And I think this this week's parasha and parashat mishpatim, specifically at the end of the parasha, really lends to that same idea. And I'd like to read that excerpt with you from the end of Mishpatim, see if we can maybe make sense of what's going on. So let's begin. Perek Kafdalet Pasuk Aleph. Ve'el Moshe Amar, so God tells Moshe, Ale el Adonai, go up to God. Atav ve'aharon adav avihu ve'shvi'im mezikne Yisrael. You, Aharon, and Aharon's two children, Nadav and Avihu, Veshivim Mizikna Israel, and seventy of the elders of Israel, Veshtahavitem Merahok. So you think, oh, that's interesting that Nadav and Avihu are included in this. And of course, we know later on what they become in the Torah and what their sin ends up being. So I'm going to argue that it was this experience that led them to that sin later on with the Esh Zara, with the foreign fire. Venigash Moshe Levadol Adonai, and Moshe alone is supposed to go up to God. That's a clear commandment from God. And the rest of the people shall not get closer to God. Especially the nation, the general populace will not go up at all. So first Moshe tells everybody all the Mishpatim that he learned. Everybody answers and they say, Everything that God has said, we shall do. So Moshe writes down every all the words of God and he wakes up in the morning. And Moshe erects an altar at the foot of the mountain. And 12 monuments signifying the 12 tribes of Israel. And we know the same thing occurs when we first enter Israel. This is a very symbolic idea of a very important national event occurring. And we've seen also the forefathers of Muhammad and Yaakov, specifically Yaakov, erecting certain monuments and they are at clear junctures of important national significance, whether that be at his time or especially for B'nai Israel later on. And Bet'el, when he ran away from Lavan, when he comes back to Israel and when he buries Rahel. These are all important events in the life of Yaakov and for the ge- geography of B'nai Israel later on. So all that occurs. So Moshe builds this this Mizbeah, he erects everything. Moshe sends now the lads of B'nai Israel. And they go and they bring korbanot. And they bring a certain amount of, uh, of sacrifices to God. Moshe takes half of the blood, and he puts them in a basin. And half of the blood he put on the Mizbeach. And this is showing clearly the mutuality of the covenant. And that's the amazing thing about our covenant with God. I think this really captures everything. The covenant is not one-sided. It's not unilateral. It's not all God and it's not all us. It's God doing His part and it's us doing our part. 
I, I said last week, I have an issue with somebody who says, I could do whatever I want and it's all for me. I accomplish everything and has no sense of God's hand in his life. I have an issue with that. And I also have an issue with the person that says, no, it's all God. It's, I had nothing to do with it. I don't, I don't think God wants you to take zero credit at all. I think God wants you to know you were a partner with him in what's going on. And we're, we're continuing the process of Ma'asib al-Rashid through that. And that's what it means when half of the blood goes on the Mizbayah to God and half of the blood is sprinkled upon B'nai Israel. So Moshe takes the book of the covenant, which is presumably the book that contains all the laws of the Mishpatim, and he reads it before the people. We shall surely do and listen to everything that God commands. Beautiful. So Moshe takes the blood, he throws it on the people. This is a very symbolic moment. You are accepting the, the importance of this covenant right now. And everybody from that elite group goes up. Moshe, Aharon, Aharon's children, and the 70 elders. Now this is one of the most cryptic pesukim in the entire Torah. It says that they gazed upon the God of Israel. And under his feet, And under the feet of God, was a sapphire brickwork and like the purity of the heavens in its essence. What could that possibly mean? It seems to be so clearly above our understanding. It seems to be something you need to spend your entire life breaking your head over to try to understand. Now this is a very interesting pasuk as well. So after gazing upon the God of Israel and seeing the sapphire brickwork under his feet, God did not send his hand against the children of Israel. And they gazed upon the God of Israel. It says it again. And this time it uses a different word. They had a vision of God. And they ate and they drank. And it seems to be something that they're doing impetuously. It's not respectful to go and eat and drink. When you're witnessing something like this and you're still at that low level of understanding of the divine, and you're still so physical, you're eating and you're drinking during this holy divine encounter, it shows that they're lacking. It shows that the people that are with Moshe are not on his same level. It seems that they did not really earn this level of wisdom. They did not. They went too far beyond their boundary that was really set for them by God beforehand. And just an interesting note is that we see a similar uh, imagery going on in Sefer Yehazkel Perek Aleph and Ma'asim Kava. Kavah. Yehazkel says, he sees above the firmament, Asher al-Rosham, even sapir, above the head of the angels, he sees the same thing that, Benes, that these elders were seeing here. He sees a sapphire brickwork, Demut Kiseh, but this time it was in the shape of a chair, of a, of a throne of God. So this is clearly something of the highest level of a view of God. I think that's what the Torah is trying to express to us, is that these people that are with Moshe, who are clearly not fit to be receiving this level of a vision, went beyond their boundary. And they witnessed something that is so far beyond them. And my theory is that what we see later on in the Torah, with Nadav and Avihu, that they go and during the day of the Hanukkah HaMishkan, the day that they're inaugurating the Mishkan, they go and they step beyond their bounds once again. 
This is not something new in their lives. And they bring a foreign fire that was not commanded of them. And I think it's a repeat of what's going on here because this was the first step in that process. The fact that they wanted a high level of understanding of God. They really sought it out. They desired it with everything. And they just did too much. And by doing too much, it was actually a negative thing rather than a positive thing. And it actually cost them their lives. And I think that, that's what the Torah is telling us here, is that it's very dangerous to go beyond your boundary too quickly. Harambam says, We're not able to go from one extreme to another extreme overnight. B'nai Israel coming out of Egypt, they're still so involved with the culture of the Egyptians, it would be impossible for them to not bring korbanot. So God, as a concession, allows them to bring korbanot because we're not at the level of just meditating. So I think this is a lesson for all of us. When you're meditating, when you're growing spiritually and developing as a person, don't allow that to make you jump too many rungs too quickly because then you could fall down the ladder completely. And I think this is exactly what Carl Jung is saying when he talks about being beware of the wisdom that you have not earned. Let's continue reading. Vayomer Adonai el Moshe. And God says to Moshe, Now Moshe, you alone should continue forward because everybody else seemingly was not supposed to even get this far. And I'm going to give you the Torah. Moshe and Yeshua are the ones who get up and they are the ones who are worthy of what's going on right now. And Moshe goes up to the mountain of God. And Moshe specifically tells the rest of the people, Remain here until we return. He tells the, the populace, You know, you have Aharon and Hod over here, you could go up to them if you need their help. Moshe ascends the mountain. And the cloud of God covers the mountain. And the glory of God dwells upon the mountain of Sinai. For six days it was covered in the cloud. And that cloud that we mentioned last week represents something that's enigmatic, something that's cryptic, something you can't quite grasp. And he calls out to Moshe on the seventh day. Reminding us of what's going to happen later on in the beginning of Sefer Vayikra, where Moshe, where Moshe is being called to from God, again from the midst of a cloud. So clearly, the Mishkan is supposed to be a mini Sinai experience. And the, the view of God at the head of the mountain is like an all-consuming fire. So again, we have a fire and a cloud, just like we had leaving Egypt. That was in the eyes of B'nai Israel. So it seems... That the objective view of what this was is a cloud. And then from the eyes of B'nai Yisrael, it looked like a fire. So different perspectives might be going on here as well. Different people have different views of the divine based on their level, of, at least at the, the altitude at which they're up the mountain, which might be a symbol of their spiritual level. And again, he calls it an Anan for Moshe. He enters, he goes up. As far as he can. Moshe is on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. A symbol that we know already from the time of Noah. 
I think really you have to think about the importance of the symbolism of the number eight that we mentioned so often. Eight being the symbol of the berit, like berit milah, or being above nature. Forty days and forty nights makes eighty. Moshe is at the the height of the covenant, and of course Moshe was eighty years old when he took Bnei Yisrael out of Egypt. There's something about this importance of this event that it, it encapsulates what the covenant is all about. So Moshe was at that level. He was deserving of it, and we even see here. A few parallels to Akedat Yitzhak that are certainly intriguing. We see just like you had Abraham and Yitzhak were the only ones going up to the mountain. So too you have Moshe and Yehoshua here that are the only ones that are going up the mountain. And beyond that you have everybody else who's remaining behind. What did um, uh, Abraham Avinu say? You guys wait here and we'll return. Moshe tells the elders in Bnei Yisrael the same thing. Almost the exact same phrase. And then again, right after that, what did Abraham say? We're going to bow down, we're going to return to you. Moshe says the same thing. Same words. And finally, that might explain why the Hachamim say that when Abraham needed to find the mountain of God, he found the cloud of God dwelling upon that mountain, just like Moshe here found the, the cloud of God dwelling upon the mountain. So clearly the Hachamim had this intent. They noticed this connection. They wanted you to ask the question, why am I saying that there's a cloud on the top of Haram Moriah where Abraham was to notice the connection here to Moshe Rabbeinu receiving the Torah at the head of Har Sinai. So just to sum all of this up, the Torah is giving us a critical lesson in the idea of spiritual development. It's saying, yes, ascend. Be that person that deserves to go up to Har Sinai. But don't do it before your time. Don't step beyond your boundaries. Give it a day-by-day process. It takes a, a little bit at a time to become Moshe Rabbeinu. And if you act like Nadav and Avihu, if you try to go beyond your limit, you're going to end up like they did and, and end up in a not such a good place. So my blessing to you this week is that you, could, you should continue to grow spiritually. You should continue to ascend to the divine and enter the cloud of the divine, whether, whether it's by praying, by meditating, by doing the mitzvot, by keeping halakha, whatever it is that connects you to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you should do that with fulfillment and you should do uh, with a sense of growth every single day and approach the cloud of God. Baruch Adonai Amen Amen.